tell you what, it is fabulous to see people in the congregation. Um, yes, thank you for coming. On Pentecost, we pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. And lo and behold, he's come in the flesh, embodied in each of you. And, uh, you know, as we've been communicating and as I just recently said, you know, whether you're here or home, it matters not because the divine spirit connects us. You know, during this pandemic, I've been grateful for all the myriads of ways that you, Christophers, have been connecting to one another in the spirit. God's spirit linking us, even as we are apart, with love notes and phone calls and watching church and PJs, uh, leaving food on the porch for each other, sending in money for manna. And now as we attempt to do this safe re-entry to church, besides mass, the health experts are saying that the shorter services in confined spaces are, are important, they're safer. And so as they taught me in my captain's career course, the preacher must now adhere to the adage, be brief, be bright, and be gone. <laughs> Yay, I know, there's some, there's some cheering, I know. So anyways, here it goes. Uh, you know, Pentecost is about God sending his spirit to us. And in the lessons today, we hear two different Pentecost encounters from John and from Acts. And both deal with God's breath, wind, spirit. That same force, breath, that was present in the creation of all things in Genesis was also present that day in the upper room. John's gospel tells us that on Easter evening, the risen Lord finds his disciples hiding, isolated, fearful, much like we've been in our homes. And just as God had once breathed life into Adam, and just as the spirit had blown over the initial chaos of creation, bringing order, so Jesus that night breathed new life, new clarity and boldness into his disciples. In Acts, the whole community was infected as they received this wild wind of God's breath, Pentecost. So in these few minutes that I've been given, I wanted us to consider the power of God's breath, spirit, as we begin to emerge from our homes. Because the reason that we and the first disciples were given the spirit was to be sent out, to be Christ in the world. And isn't it interesting that breath, which is life, is the consistent biblical metaphor of explaining God's presence among us. Like breath, we don't see God. We don't know from whence he comes or, or how he moves, yet we experience his presence. Before Jesus' death, he tried to explain this coming phenomena of indwelling, explaining God would not leave us as orphans that he would send us a power, a presence, who lives in us, teaches us, equips us, as we begin to help him usher in God's kingdom. You know, it's almost inconceivable. God himself is near to us as our breath. In this pandemic season of fear and disorientation, many of us have found practices to ground ourselves. 
practices readily available from your home. And I wonder which spiritual practices you want to retain going forward. Family meals, walks, praying the daily office. In stressful situations, the practice of deep breathing, taking six deep breaths, not only calms our autonomic nervous system, but it can prepare the body to commune with God throughout the day. Sit quiet for three minutes. Breathe. Listen for God. It's an easy practice that calms and opens us to the awareness of his nearness. Each day this intentional communing can change us bit by bit into his likeness, moving us from fear and self-protection to a people who are compassionately able to see both the sacredness and the suffering of life. As God's new life is breathed into us this Pentecost, how might we see and do for the least of these as Jesus modeled? As we contemplate getting back to normal, I pray that the Spirit has done some interior work on us in our isolation. I imagine that most of us would not want everything to return to normal. COVID-19 has exposed inequities in our education, health, and housing systems. Every night on the news, we've seen the, how the, the poor and the elderly in nursing homes and people of color have unequally borne the burden of crowded spaces, low wages, and even the virus. How ironic that the coronavirus attacks our lungs, it steals our breath. So even as we give thanks for our re-entry into phase one, we also mourn the staggering death of 103,000 Americans in less than three months. You know, this week we've proven that we're smart enough to launch people into space. How sad that we're still crippled with this deep-seated racism, so shockingly evident as breath was denied George Floyd. On this thing, Pentecost, on this day, we are reminded that the world is a work in progress. But with every breath that we have left, aren't we newly motivated to live this one life more nobly? It's the Spirit who uncomfortably yet graciously moves us into our baptismal promise of striving for justice, peace, and respecting the dignity of every human being. So yes, on Pentecost, with breathtaking humility, we recognize that God is actually honoring our partnership, our practices, as we seek to do our part in ushering, his, in, ushering in his kingdom. So we pray, come Holy Spirit, come transform us and put us to work. Amen.